0: Let me introduce you to your next favorite true crime podcast, Crime Salad.
1: Ashley and Ricky, a husband and wife team, go beyond telling crime stories. They dive into the darkest corners of human nature with the ultimate goal of preventing future tragedies. Together, they shine a relentless spotlight on critical issues like relationship violence and domestic abuse, inviting you to explore the complexities of these societal challenges. Now,
0: let us set the scene for a recent Crime Salad episode, which is titled, The Search for Haley Cummings.
1: The disappearance of a five-year-old girl leaves the Florida community in disbelief. In the early morning hours of the night, an open back door remained eerily left open where Haley was staying. A wave of dread swept through the community and the family as the unimaginable happened. Was this the work of a kidnapper, or did the little girl wander off? The search for Haley brought a community together in the darkest of times.
0: Since 2019, Ashley and Ricky, the Crime Salad duo, have continued to deliver stories that are not only fascinating and well-researched, but also have a strong voice for change and justice. So grab your headphones and prepare to be pulled into a world where mystery meets humanity. Make sure to tune in to Crime Salad wherever you find your podcasts and join a growing community of listeners who tune in every week. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Back to, to Let's Get, Get haunted. haunted with your host, Matt Strong and Allie Terry. It is the second episode of
1: 2020. Whoa.
0: Whoa. We had to take a week off because I have haunted
1: kidneys. Whoa. Whoa. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling much better. I'm Good. still on
0: antibiotics, but um, I end them in like five days i think
1: yeah you look much healthier yeah well i also have makeup on so that could that could definitely be
0: why that's like every time anyone tweets at us and is like oh you guys should live stream when
1: you record it's like no you you don't want to see. the comments will be like like, are you okay (laughs) yeah are you guys okay that's all anyone's gonna say wow you guys look sick yeah you guys look sick
0: you guys look terrible
1: um yeah so natalia you just got back from a dog party i did i got back from a dog party it was samson's ninth birthday james and lauren were there too who have both been on our show let's get they have oh you're right both of them yeah and james was like oh can I come do the podcast with you guys? Like at first he was like, oh, it's so great. You guys have been growing. That's so good. Like kind of gassing us up. Cool. And then I was like, yeah, I'm actually recording it later today. And then he was like, can I come do the podcast with you? And I was like, hmm, let me ask Alyssa. I texted Alyssa in front of him. I was like, hey, he says he wants to do the podcast. I was like, do you even have a mic? And then he goes, I have a mic right. I have a mic with me. It's in my car. (laughs) He wanted to do it so bad. And then Alyssa was just like, "Um, He can wait until I do my next episode. Okay, but you want to know why I said that? And he said okay, but he was clearly disappointed. Okay,
0: but the reason why I said that, I was not trying to throw any shade at James. I love James, he's a great guest. I only said that because I tweeted something a couple of weeks. Ago. Honestly, time makes no sense to me. Time is a construct. It could have been yesterday that I tweeted this. But I tweeted something that said, uh, I don't even remember, something about Epstein or something about something. And he responded and was like, hey, when you guys do an episode about this, I have a lot of thoughts that mm. I want to talk about. So I was like, oh, okay, I was planning on doing like an Epstein-themed episode anyway at some point. And so that's why I said that.
1: Mm. Mm. Does this mean... Epstein is your next episode dang it yes
0: it will be about Epstein and it will be about uh various famous people who may or may not be associated with Epstein so if I die yeah this that's why, or it's my kidneys. That's what they want me to think. What if I've been getting poisoned slowly over time because the government caught on and they know that I'm gonna do an episode on Epstein? Dude, the possibility of that is
1: like literally so high it's freaking me. Okay, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Side story, side story, side yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who lives in New York, and uh-huh. I called her, and she's like, she actually did the graphic design for Let's Get Haunted. Oh yeah, she's yeah, dope. yeah. She's yeah. super cool. I don't want to say her name because the, the, the here's why. <sighs> okay. She calls me and she goes, hey. Um, I think I'm working for a pyramid scheme. Oh, and I was no. like, wait, what? And she was like, no, 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 no. Seriously, when I found out this information, I thought I was going to get murdered. But listen to this. All we ever do is take out bridge loans, and like our CEO came in and he was talking to us about here's the steps for the business, and we're doing like this bridge loan was the first thing, and she's like, Impairment schemes always do that. That's like the first uh-huh. thing they do." And then she was like, "And then our investor, I looked into it, and he is connected to Clinton and Epstein." And what? our yes, yeah, so she was like, "And this lawyer we had that was working on this last lawsuit we were going through because we're literally always going through a lawsuit." Oh my also god, also a red flag. She was like, This is when I thought I was going to get murdered when I found out this information. Our lawyer worked on Jeffrey Epstein's case, and he was pardoned on Clinton's last day of presidency. What? Yeah. I need to know about this. I need to talk well, to her. Well, she's still in it, so we can't. Oh, <laughs> feel we can't. It all oh you're yet. right. We can't out her. Damn. But it. Does that not sound like. She's gonna get murdered. Yes, for no, it does. For making these connections. Yeah, she's I know. gonna get murdered. As soon as she told me this, I was like, okay, 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 no more. Like you can't. Yeah, tell don't me tell on me on anything FaceTime. else because uh,
0: like, they've wiretapped your phone and now they know that I know. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And ever since then, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. We don't until, need any more hauntings
0: until next episode. Until I
1: broadcast it
0: on my <laughs> podcast for
1: anyone to listen to.
0: I always wonder about that. I'm like, because okay, I made some new friends and. Good job, I, yeah, thank you, oh. and uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I have a podcast or whatever, but I don't like to tell people about the podcast immediately. Like, I don't want to tell them, hey, it's called Let's Get Haunted. My favorite episode is number whatever the fuck. Like, right. listen to it right now because I just feel like then it's it turns into it turns into something else. Like, people mm-hmm. who aren't internet people think that you're trying to humble brag or something, but right. there's no humble brag about this. We lose money on this podcast. Yes, this is yeah. for fun. <laughs> this is for fun. But then, so one of the people was later the next time I hung out with them they were like I tried googling you and like I couldn't figure out what your podcast was and I was like perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's what I want because if the government ever tries to connect me Mm -hmm. with one of these episodes they can they can probably do it but it'll be harder because a regular ass person googled my name and couldn't figure it out I agree so you guys don't ever tweet at me using my full name and the full podcast
1: wow mm-hmm. if you don't use the the last three letters of your first name no one will ever find out who I know. You are.
0: <laughs> but who's to say what if my last name isn't really terry what if i've just been bamboozling people this whole time what if it's a stage name i'm freaked out yeah. who are you I who's talking
1: know. to me right now
0: it, it could be anybody look i have makeup on i could be <laughs> anybody right now and then natalia i saw that you got a flat tire Fuck my life. (laughs) Wait, tell me about it. Because
1: you you fucking Nick Caged that shit. Oh, yeah, man. I have had the, okay. I'm not going to say the roughest 48 hours. I feel like the roughest 48 hours is like some koala in Australia right now. Yeah, or like a prisoner of war. But I've had to overcome a lot more than usual (laughs) in the past 48 hours, okay? (laughs) Okay, so I'm supposed to right now be at this cross-country jumping thing in in, like San Diego. For horses. For horses. Yes. Now, I don't like speak publicly about my pastime of being a horse girl because it's not like a cool, good look. Horse girls are only not
0: cool when they're the girls in elementary school that are pretending to be horses and they're like galloping (laughs) around the recess yard and eating grass. There was a girl like that at my elementary school.
1: So I was supposed to be doing that this weekend and that was supposed to be like this awesome thing because I've also been like having some issues going on in my personal life. If you want to dive into that, you can go to my YouTube channel. I saw. I watched that today. I was like really excited to just get away and i was taking my dog at 9 45 p.m to the dog sitter because i had to be with the trailer and with all of the stuff at 5 a.m in the morning Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of a pain in the ass to load horses up like you have to wrap their legs up so they're okay and you have to make sure all the tack is packed and all of this stuff and you want to have your ducks in a row safety is like a huge priority in a row whoa Whoa. what do we just do here what (laughs) do we just do here CIA, if
0: you're listening
1: right now, you're Alyssa, welcome for that. Alyssa is the CEO of puns right now. What do you even call that when you like switch it? Uh, I'm just lame. <laughs> I finally figure out all my shit. The horses are ready to go. My stuff is packed. You know, I've been for undisclosed reasons crying for a (laughs) long time, really upset and having a meltdown. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to Nick Cage. I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to execute all of those things. And then if I have to Liam Neeson improvise in between, I'm going to fucking do (laughs) it. Dog, you're going in my car. We're taking you to the sitter right now. I'm going to wake up at 5. 4.45 a.m. And I'm going to be with the horse at 5 a.m. And by noon tomorrow, I'm going to be jumping over shit wearing a protective vest. And I'm not going to think about none of this. Fuck yeah. I get in my car and I'm like this is weird why is the windshield tilted to the left a little <laughs> no. this is strange hmm this seems really wrong like it feels <laughs> like my car is leaning I knew I knew immediately I had a flat but And you I'm, were
0: trying to convince yourself that you didn't
1: yeah because I just gave myself this awesome speech I'm gonna fucking do it crazy music getting all the way into my car and just ready to go and then it's like uh so I pull into the first gas station and it's so flat that as I'm driving people are like honking at me <laughs> and pointing yeah. hey you fucking dumbass you got a- <laughs> flat and i'm like i know and so i pull in there and i'm trying to put air in this flat tire i literally have tears on my face oh, and i'm no. i have a dog in the back who's just so confused trying to put the fucking Hose and the tire—it was so pathetic, stupid, and and there were people watching from afar that were like, "I'm not even gonna get, (laughs) I'm not even gonna try to help her. Yeah, (laughs) this person's gonna clearly freak the fuck out at the first person who says something to (laughs) her." So, so the horse thing—it's not cheap, right? This is an expensive hobby. So my friend Chloe, shout out to Chloe, she listens to this podcast. She kicks ass. She was like, "Hey, I'll spot you the money to go do this thing because your life fucking sucks right now." Basically, (laughs) she didn't say it like that. Yeah, but she's being a good friend. I called the horse lady. Hey, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I'll still pay you half for your trouble because they still had to reserve a stall and do all this stuff. And then I refund Chloe back on Venmo what she gave me. And then I take my sad ass back to my oh. house with my tail between my legs. I can't escape. This is a sign. I just have to deal with the shit tomorrow. So then I woke up this morning. I set my alarm for 8 a.m. because that's what I do. Nobody's gonna break my stride. All right? <sighs> yes. I wake the fuck up. And I'm like, it's time to nick, nick cage,
0: cage. <laughs> we have the tools this was the plan that you nick caged you got an adequate amount of sleep yes. you set an alarm you acquired the necessary tools i
1: fucking did it you
0: probably ate something or drank something oh, in the yeah. morning i had
1: a fuck ton of coffee and yes half a banana
0: Ex- perfect <laughs> so you got your protein you got your potassium you got your caffeine and, and you were ready
1: to make shit happen and i put on my ugliest
0: sweatpants yes look no good productive thing has ever happened in high heels you have (laughs) to look like a crackhead in order for things to get done I
1: put my headphones on and I was listening to lo-fi beats to help you study right and (laughs) I like got out that fucking shit out of the back of my car by the way did you guys fucking know that your car has like a secret compartment in it with tools in it to fix a fucking yeah well I did not know that so I was like oh my god all these tools I'm so glad I figured this out today because i would have 100 sold those if i knew that they were in there you guys it's a whole fucking process okay this took me like an hour and a half to do this you lowered down the spare tire i lowered down the spare tire i had to roll that shit over to the front one they're heavy
0: loosen the, yes i and, can't i would not be able to do that by myself that and i'm getting heavy. covered in
1: shitty whatever the fuck is on my car and it's so gross and then i had to unscrew all of the lug nuts with tools made for actual mezzo what do you call that like a humanoid Megalodon. Um close enough. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and take a guess that megalodon tools would also be super primitive. Yeah. So, yeah. so with these yeah. primitive tools, I'm taking off tires and then I put the fucking spare on. Yeah. Meanwhile, all these random people are walking by me and they're avoiding eye contact so hard. There's a girl struggling. I know I'm supposed to help, right? Well, you're
0: doing this at eight in the morning, you said? By now it's probably like nine fifteen. Okay, so they're like, it's too fucking early for yeah. this. Yeah.
1: Cause actually before that, too, to even get me more pumped up, I played Spider-Man for a while because Hell I was. Hell like, yeah.
0: It really just gets
1: me pumped up, man. Well,
0: once you see the Spider-Man accomplishing feats that should be impossible, you're ready to Nick Cage your life and also accomplish feats that you previously thought were impossible. Yes. Nothing is impossible when you have the power of caffeine (laughs) and (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: So I get this freaking spare on and then I'm like... It would be so easy for me not to go to this dog's birthday party today. Like yeah. it would just be I was already an hour late, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm reliable. I said I was going to come to this thing. You know what? I want my friends to come through for me when yeah. I have some stupid bullshit Hell yeah, <laughs> that I care about. <laughs> we are
0: nothing if not our word. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come through. OK. And there's like cool patriotic music playing in the back of my Uh mind you know like the declaration of of independence has been found ben
0: franklin reciting
1: (laughs) (laughs) and as i'm driving on my spare and i show up to this dog's birthday party and i'm like could this not be a more privileged moment going to a dog's (laughs) birthday party all of the trials and tribulations that i have overcame to get to this point it's like Wow, man!
0: And you did it. And then I, you fucking did it, Natalia. I'm proud did of you. It.
1: I fucking did it. You dude. did it. Good for so. you.
0: I would have literally just taken an Uber. I would have. <laughs> I would have given up immediately. I would have cried. I would have uh, gotten an Uber. Actually, you know what I would have done? I would have called AAA. But I yeah. also would have gotten an Uber.
1: I don't have AAA, but I saved 160 bucks. Look. Someone's
0: gonna take inspiration from that. In the yeah. meantime, the only thing going on in my life is that. I'm still on antibiotics. I got drunk earlier today, which I shouldn't have done. And <laughs> and somebody tweeted a photo of their dick at me. Oh. And it made me upset. Don't do that. Mm, Don't yeah. do that, guys. Normally, it doesn't bother me. But he kept retweeting it and retweeting it into my mentions. And so then I did. I had to block him.
1: To me, it's kind of like throwing a dead bird at the ground in front of someone <laughs> just to see what they do. Yeah, you know?
0: just like look at it and be like, all well, right.
1: Like, if we were to make this situation IRL, It would be like you're walking down a sidewalk, trying to get from point A to point B. All of a sudden, for someone hiding in the bushes, just throws a dead bird in front of you. That's such a great and then like looks right at your face to see what you think of. Yeah, like
0: what was? What do you think? Are you impressed with my big dead bird? Okay, I mean, what kind of bird is it? Is it a swan? Now I'm sad.
1: Even if it was a a live bird, it's like I can't do anything with this. Yeah. I can't take this with me. Also, I have no emotional
0: connection to the picture of your penis.
1: <laughs> Most of the time when women
0: ask for dick pics is because they have an emotional connection to the person whose dick it is. Right. This is such a problematic intro. This is a problematic intro. Are you guys upset by this? Uh, yeah. Are we going to cut it? No. Okay. Um. Here's some people that haven't shown me their dick that donated to us on Venmo. Christian H, Lucy B. Marin D, Jenna S, Lillian K, Alexis S, Madison F, Gabriella O, Mary S, Phil G, and Victoria F.
1: I am fucking living for how many females we have? Supporting yes, us. and men, we love you too. It's so exciting that there's females there because. Girls that don't have any girlfriends that are like, oh, I only hang out with guys. Like, red Those flag. girls usually suck. Yeah. yeah. Really, I used like, to be one worst. of those
0: girls. Red flag. <laughs> yeah. I was we, a red flag. <laughs> we all have
1: that phase. Yeah. Every time someone does something that annoys me or I don't agree with or I don't like someone, the reason that I don't like that person is because there's the smallest amount of yourself that you see in them. Yeah, absolutely. Example, people being jealous. A lot of times that comes out, I hate that person. They're not talented. They're not cool. They're not pretty. They're not funny or whatever it is that they're trying to be. Mm -hmm. You think that they're not. But really what it comes down to is they're not any more talented than me. Why are they there and I'm not? Yeah. They're not any prettier than me. Why do they get what I don't have? Exactly. I totally agree with that. Back to your vlog. Yeah, that's it. That's it? that's all you wanted to say? If I want to upload content consistently and actually see if I can do something, I can't edit it nearly as much because it just takes too much time. Am I at one point going to be in a place where I can just put on makeup for 30 minutes and then put some ads on it? Yeah.
0: Why not? So did you get to put an ad on it?
1: (laughs) No, I didn't even monetize that one. It's weird when you're having like relationship stuff. And I've been very private about my relationship i haven't posted photos or done anything like that i think yeah
0: i think that's smart too because as soon as you involve the public in your life people get really invested and yeah yeah, they feel like you owe them explanations like i constantly have people leaving comments on my photos about like where's steve how come you haven't posted steve in a while and it's
1: like hey how would you fuck off this is my instagram (laughs) the funny thing is i always thought it was the kiss of death i was like as soon as you post a photo with someone you're dating everything goes bad it was totally right because i was planning on posting some photos of us together oh shit yeah and And then then it went bad well haunted haunted easy come easy go uh haunted come haunted go i told my dad and he was like yeah plenty of fish in the sea And then I was like, yeah, it's just like dating right now is like everyone thinks that no one sticks because they're like, that's true. They're like, oh, if this person is good, then there will be another person good. I don't want to fix it. Just something new will come, which isn't necessarily what a relationship is about. But then my dad was like, oh, you just need to start using a net (laughs) going on a shit ton of
0: dates and not committing to anyone. I don't know
1: what that meant.
0: Okay, let's unpack that. So instead of fishing with a fishing rod where you catch one fish at a time, he wants you to use a net to cast a wide net to catch multiple fish at the same time to hedge your back. Interpreting your dad's words and probably interpreting them incorrectly. I think he's trying to say, go on a bunch of dates with a bunch of different kinds of people. Carry on casual dating relationships that are non-exclusive. If any of them ask you to be exclusive, say, no, it's too soon for me right now. I don't want to be exclusive with someone unless I know that I really, really like them. And then just keep dating all of those people. And then eventually you'll figure out which one you like the
1: best. Or is it like one of those handheld net that you like get a bass out after you've already caught it? (laughs) Oh,
0: so, oh. Oh, so maybe he still wants you to only catch one fish at a time but he wants it to be like a real slippery one or something. Men's
1: fucking speak in riddles and this <laughs> is what I mean.
0: I also think dating in LA is just so hard because everyone here is on to the next thing everyone here wants something from you I feel like once you get over the 10k follower threshold because then you get the swipe up on Instagram. Yeah. Dudes would come out of the woodwork in LA and be like oh you should post something with me look I'm trying to be an actor let me on your podcast like, Right. Yeah. I
1: know. A lot of people commented on my vlog too wh- about the relationship and some of them were like oh you know I stopped dating people just for looks and I started dating people because of the personality. A lot of people said date guys that are not that attractive just look at people's personalities and I wanted to be like you have guys have no idea what this person looked like. Why are you just assuming that I was dating this meathead model beautiful person? Right. Oh, yeah
0: they don't know anything. You haven't posted any Right photos. and if they're still making assumptions about it. It's just not helpful to say oh you should date people that are ugly or you should date people that are worse looking then you should date people that are not conventionally attractive because they can also have shitty personalities like Newsflash. Yeah. Everybody has their own insecurities, whether right. or
1: not they're beautiful. So that's stupid to just draw a blanket statement like that anyway. I want someone that I can like be goofy with, be fun with. But that's mm-hmm. also super solid, super reliable. They're not afraid of the future. Right. They're not afraid of anything. They're just like, you know what? I'm going to Liam Neeson. I'm gonna yeah. make cage. If a problem presents itself to me, I'm gonna fucking get over it. That to me is like the perfect partner, right? Because that's how I live my life. I feel like that's how all my friends are too, and that's why they're my friends is because we've been through shit and we're like, you know yeah. what? <laughs> I fucking hate this with you right now, but I know we're gonna get we're gonna this. get through it. Yeah. Right. yeah, going through those hard times with that person it makes your bond stronger. It makes them family.
0: I agree. Think about how many times you've been super pissed off at people in your family and it's like but they're your family so you have (laughs) to love them no matter what I think we should treat our friendships like that as well of course I'm not advocating for people (laughs) to get stepped on right like if someone's actually a piece of shit to you then feel free to walk away I used to cut people out of my life so fucking fast I had a roommate once that was like my best friend and she did one thing to me and I was like nope never again never talking to you ever again and looking back I'm like that's not the right way to go about that
1: yeah when we're younger it's like if someone does something that makes us feel uncomfortable we're like I don't want to feel this feeling right now. You're my friend, but you're not acting like my friend. I can't process this. Delete. Yeah, Yeah,
0: control, delete. Yeah, exactly. Refresh. Yeah, I think as long as you're not in an abusive situation, going through adversity only makes you stronger. Kill you makes you stronger. stronger. Someone the other day makes you haunted. haunted. (gasps) Is this our new catchphrase? (laughs) What doesn't kill you makes makes you haunted. haunted.
1: Does it make sense or are we cracking? No, we're on
0: crack right now. Okay, we better get to the fucking story natalia yeah what is the one thing on this podcast that gold you- gold yes treasure treasure yeah you're a treasure fan gold is yeah. this a story about gold this is a gold story gold times gold times so have you ever heard of the oak island mystery also known as the curse of oak island i have not well let's start with some background that i pulled straight from wikipedia Oak Island is a 140-acre island in Lunenburg County on the south shore of Nova Scotia, Canada. Oak Island is one of about 360 small islands in Mahone Bay and rises to a maximum of 36 feet above sea level. The average annual temperature in the area where Oak Island is located is 7.1 degrees Celsius,
1: which is 44.8 degrees Fahrenheit. So, this island's pretty small 140 acres, yeah, and it small. only comes out 36 feet, feet above out of sea yeah, level. So, it's probably underwater
0: sometimes. There's like swampy areas. Mm-hmm. It's Definitely waterlogged. The ocean has an effect on Oak Island in terms of visibility, much like our Ilyon lighthouse, Moore. yeah, our on Moore episode. So the southern coasts of Nova Scotia can be hidden in fog for as many as 90 days a year. These coasts are also vulnerable to powerful storms, which include hurricanes. Oak Island is made up of a temperate broadleaf and mixed forest, and wildlife includes great blue herons, black guillemots, Spray. leeches, storm, petrels, eagles, puffins, and razor bills.
1: Oh my gosh, a puffin. I know. Okay, so let me show you some photos. Can we please make the whole Instagram puffins?
0: Yes. So this is what Oak Island looks like. Do you want to describe it to our
1: listeners? Oh yeah. It's got trees. It's got little it's roads lush, connecting right? it. Yeah, it's super lush actually. It's not at all what I was expecting. It looks like it's got a sandy beach on one side rocky beach on the other side and, and then it, there's a
0: bridge yeah and it connects to the mainland of nova scotia now i'm going to show you a blue heron wow oh that looks like the Mothman. No. it does kind of right yeah. yeah just doesn't have the red eye look at how cute this
1: is the oh. black guillemot or guillemot oh yeah i'm, I'm like so living cute. for this bird's it aesthetic. it is so cute it's like a goth no. queen. it's like, dude the inside of his mouth is like so red it's like kind of graphic <laughs>
0: and then this is an osprey those are cool raptors Mm -hmm. this is a leeches storm petrel it's just like
1: a bird all these are birds when the bird background goes this deep she's literally scrolling through (laughs) different photos of birds right now thank you for the birdscape you're
0: welcome just a little bit of bird background and then the geology of oak island was first mapped in 1924 which found a composite of four drumlins too
1: large and too small forming the island a drumlin is that a is that a tiny drum with legs that walks around like a gremlin god i fucking wish (laughs) according to dictionary.com
0: a drumlin is a low oval mound or small hill typically one of a group consisting of compacted boulder clay molded by past glacial action wow wow Wow. wow, glacial action do you like geology you do Mm now i'm very interested in this this article is called the mystery of drumlins and was written by mega floods 2013 for over a century researchers have puzzled over one of the most common landscape features in ireland drumlins their name derives from the irish word draymanen meaning little ridge and tens and thousands of these tightly packed hillocks can be found in ireland especially in the northern half of the country their shape is one of their defining characteristics often compared to an inverted spoon or half-buried egg, but their internal composition varies widely and so therefore do theories on their formation. Is this where the treasure is? While it is clear that they are related to glacial activity, generations of both leaving certificate and undergraduate students have pored over contrasting theories, such as those of John Shaw in the 1980s, who postulated that catastrophic outburst floods are the cause of their formation. However, none of these theories could explain the entire range of internal sediment structures found which varies from homogenous glacial till to distinct stratifications including internal deformation in some cases
1: this is an island that's interesting because they're not really sure why it's it's been why it looks the way it looks i'm just trying to tell you that drumlins are haunted Nobody,
0: oh. like, geologists don't even know, like, exactly how they form. Right. They know it's related to glaciers, but that's it. Haunted Plateau. This is an educational podcast. Of course. I'm talking to you about some birds. Gotta have them. I'm talking to you about some drumlins. <laughs> Gotta have them. This is what a drumlin looks like. It is a haunted plateau. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, this is actually a really beautiful looking thing. It kind of looks like a wave coming out of the water. Very yeah. green. It looks like a gl- green glacier. I wonder if those cliffs on the side of, of Ireland I, yeah. are that.
0: I bet you they are because that article I just read said that the name drumlin comes from Irish Gaelic. Oh
1: my gosh, you speak garlic?
0: <laughs> you speak garlic. When was <laughs> the first time you said, oh, on the lighthouse episode. <laughs> yeah, and it
1: was not funny the first time. Not it's,
0: funny the second time. The first major indigenous people in Nova Scotia were the Mi'kmaq. I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's But it's M-I-apostrophe-K-M-A-Q. Mikamak, who formed an Indian nation in present-day Canada several thousand years ago. The area that encompasses Oak Island was once known as the Sagapenagatig. Sagapanegatig. This is the worst episode.
1: Well, you're <laughs> in the weirdest mood today. I know.
0: Look, we're going through something. While it is unknown when Oak Island was first discovered, The tribe had a presence in the overall area which included the entire island of Newfoundland. The earliest confirmed European residents date back to the 1750s in the form of French fishermen, who had by this time built a few houses in the future site of the nearby village of Chester, Nova Scotia. Following the expulsion of the Acadians during the Seven Years' War, the British government of Nova Scotia enacted a series of measures to encourage settlement of the area by the European descended New Englanders. The first major group of settlers arrived in the Chester area from Massachusetts in 1761, and Oak Island was officially surveyed and divided into 32 four acre lots in the following year a large part of the island was owned at the time by the monroe lynch Seacomb, and young families who had granted the land in 1759 in the early days of british settlement the island was known locally as smith's island after an early settler of the area named edward smith cartographer joseph frederick wallet de bear renamed the island gloucester isle in 1778 Oh. Shortly thereafter, the locally used name Oak Island was officially adopted for the island. Early residents included Edward Smith in the 1760s and Anthony Vaughn Sr. in the early 1770s. In 1784, the government made additional land grants, this time to former soldiers, which included part of Oak Island. It wasn't until July 6, 1818 that the original lot owners' names were mapped for the Nova Scotia Crown Lands Office. Oak Island has been intermittently owned by treasure hunters ever since early settler stories started appearing in the late 1700s. What kind of treasure? The hunt for treasure got so extensive that in 1965, a causeway was built from the western end of the island to Crandall's Point on the mainland, 200 meters away, in order to bring heavy machinery onto the island. So you know that picture I showed you of the island and you pointed out the bridge? that. Yeah, that's the causeway? That was only built because people thought, are convinced that there is treasure on this island. Con- Why is there treasure on the island? So, Oak Island has had several different recent owners, which include a treasure hunter named Dan Blankenship, who initially partnered with Oak Island Tours Incorporated, run by David Tobias. Oak Island Tours eventually dissolved, and in February 2019, it was announced that a new partnership had been formed with a company called the Michigan Group. This group consists of brothers Rick and Marty Legina. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Unrelated laughter to your last name, sir. It could be Lagina, but it's spelled like Legina. <laughs> and his partner Craig Tester. <laughs> like testing. Are you kidding? I'm not. Legina and, and Tester. Tester. <laughs> what? And Alan Costreswa. His last name's fine. ...who had been purchasing lots from Tobias. It is unclear who was involved to what degree, as Blankenship only revealed Kostrezwa's name to the press, saying that he was, quote, on board. Blankenship owned 78% of the island with the Michigan group until his death... On March 17th, 2019, at the age of 95. Oh my gosh, that
1: was so recent. Mm -hmm.
0: Oak Island is also privately owned by seasonal residents who make up the remaining 22%. In total, there are two permanent homes and two cottages occupied part-time on the island. Now, Natalia, have you ever heard, you asked me, why do people think that there's treasure, right? Yes. Have you ever heard of Captain Kidd? No. Okay, let me show you a picture of Captain William Kidd. Describe it. Oh, fuck, kill, Mary, Captain Kidd, Captain Kidd, and Captain Kidd.
1: Absolutely not a grenade, you know, where you just pull the grenade. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a fucking George Washington guy. He's got like a powdery wig. Yeah, he's got the white wig on. He has like a little white kerchief around his neck. He has a double-breasted coat on. How did they used to paint these oil paintings? Because it looks like they just took a piece of grass and like rubbed it on yeah, a, on a right? canvas. Like very poorly done.
0: I don't know who the painter of this portrait
1: is, but you have roasted him <laughs> and he deserves it. I mean, he looks like someone, he looks like a captain.
0: He, Yeah, he looks like austere, like his, his expression is very stern, like he's just looking at you like... Like he's hiding treasure? Yeah. No. Let me tell you about Captain Kidd. Captain William Kidd, born in 1655, was a Scottish sailor who was tried and executed for piracy in 1701. According to legend... A dying sailor from Captain Kidd's crew was in a hospital on his deathbed in the late 1600s. With his dying breath, the sailor allegedly told the attending nurse that Captain Kidd had buried treasure worth 2 million pounds on Oak Island. No. Before the nurse could ask any more questions, the sailor passed away. Why do they do that? Like, what? What? which part? Which part? Why do they do what?
1: I don't understand... Why use your last dying breath to tell someone else where there's treasure? Just because you don't want Captain Kidd to have the treasure?
0: Well, I think Captain Kidd, if he was executed in 1701, and this is the late 1600s that this guy's on his deathbed, maybe Captain Kidd is in jail. And so the, like, sailor's like, I'm on my deathbed, I'm dying. Captain Kidd's probably going to get executed in the next couple of years, like... He buried treasure on Oak Island. I just need somebody to know. I mean, imagine you on your deathbed after going through the trials and tribulations of being a pirate for years and years. You have scurvy. You have to shit on yourself because there's like no running water. It's been about 17 years. It's all
1: been about greed, like getting things for yourself. So now they feel like they're giving back. Yes. Wow. So like for them, that's really they're not being assholes. They're trying to do some good deed with their life.
0: Maybe. Or they just don't want the gold to go to waste. So the legend continues that in 1799, a man named Daniel McGinnis found a depression in the ground while he was scouting a suitable location for his farm on the island. McGinnis, who believed that the depression was consistent with the Captain Kidd story, sought help with digging. With the assistance of two men identified only as John Smith and Anthony Vaughn, he excavated the depression and discovered a layer of flagstones two feet below. According to later accounts, oak platforms were discovered every 10 feet that they dug. So they start digging, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this depression. He thinks that it's like consistent with this guy that was on his deathbed saying that somewhere on the island there, they dug a huge pit is the thing the sailor said. And they dug down super deep and they put 2 million pounds worth of treasure down there. And then they filled up the pit. Right, but he digs
1: down and all he finds is platforms.
0: Yes, correct. So he finds... But that's kind of like an indication... Something... Something's there because this is like a man-made thing down every 10 feet. So every 10
1: feet down that they dig, they find plywood. I thought you meant 10 feet like across. No, no, they're digging down. down. So like 10 foot, there's plywood. At 20 feet, there's plywood. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? What's at the
0: bottom? Yes. Okay, so the accounts also mention tool marks or pick scraps in the walls of the pit so they can tell that there's been human activity there because they're seeing these like man-made like we like someone pickaxe dug deep, marks deep down here. yes correct yes. okay like mother nature is not just putting conveniently every 10 feet plywood right right okay we're on board The earth was also noticeably loose, not as hard-packed as the surrounding soil. The three men reportedly abandoned the excavation at 30 feet due to superstitious dread that overcame them. Another twist on the story has all four people involved as teenagers. In this rendering, McGinnis first finds the depression in 1795 while on a fishing expedition. The rest of the story is consistent with the first involving the logs found, but ends up with all four individuals giving up after digging as much as they could. So there's two different accounts. Because this is all word of mouth, like, what, what happened here. Mm-hmm. They know that the Dan- that Daniel McGinnis existed. They know that he was part of this treasure hunting expedition. But it's kind of up in the air since it's the late 1700s. People aren't sure. Was he a teenager or was he an, an adult at the time? Was he fishing or was he looking for a place to build his house? They're not sure. All they know is that for sure he dug down. And the one consistency is that every 10 feet there was plywood. In every iteration of the story, this is, has held true. Okay. okay. In 1802, a group known as the Onslow Company allegedly sailed from central Nova Scotia to Oak Island to recover what they believed to be hidden treasure.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. They dug down to 30 feet and then they just were like, no, 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 this is haunted. Let's quit. Yes.
0: So they were overcome with this existential dread, this superstitious dread washed over them and they felt like if we keep fucking with this, if we keep digging down deep, we're going to find something that we're not ready for. We're going to find something that's going to curse us or we're going to find like a portal to hell or we're gonna find something that we're not supposed to see like cursed treasure we're gonna die if we keep digging down they they all all of them whether it was three or four because the stories are different whether they were teenagers or adults the story the consistencies are that they felt like they had to stop digging or something bad was going to happen to them so they go out and they're talking to people in canada and they're like hey we f- like we think we found this money pit this treasure pit where captain kid buried his two million dollars worth of treasure and we dug down we s- found all this plywood every 10 feet but we feel like if we keep fucking with this something is going to fuck with us Oh my god! so yes so this story travels word of mouth and it reaches in 1802 this group called the Onslow Company. and they are they're from central Nova Scotia, which is in Canada. and they just they hear this story and they're like, you know what we're a company, we have all these resources. we don't believe in curses. We're rational and we have the ability to dig down deeper than 30 feet. So let's get all of our equipment together and let's go treasure hunting. No. Yeah. yeah. do it. Yes. So they go down to this pit that's already dug 30 feet. yeah right? and they
1: dig they dig more.
0: They get down to 90
1: feet. And there's still plywood every 10 feet. There's
0: still layers of wood every 10 feet that they go down. So now we're at 90 feet. They also discover layers of charcoal, putty, and coconut fiber, along with a large stone inscribed with strange symbols. The diggers then faced a dilemma when the pit flooded with 60 feet of water for unknown reasons. The excavation was eventually abandoned after workers attempted to recover treasure from below by digging a tunnel from a second shaft that also flooded. The last major company of the unpublished era was called the True Row Company, which was allegedly formed in 1849 by investors. The pit was re-excavated back down to 86 feet, but ended up flooding again. It was then decided to drill five boreholes using a pod auger into the original shaft. The auger passed through a spruce platform at 98 feet, then hit layers of oak. Something described as, quote, metal in pieces and another spruce layer and clay for seven feet. This platform was hit twice each time metal was brought to the surface, along with various other items such as wood and coconut fiber. So they're digging down. They get down to 90 feet. There is no reason why this should be flooded because the water table, apparently they did a bunch of studies in the water table like it was safe to keep digging down in this particular area. And they get down to 90 feet and they think that they can see treasure underneath what they perceive to be like this last plank layer of like mm-hmm. coconut fiber metal oak wood and as they are like trying to get underneath this what they perceive to be the last platform all of a sudden it fills up with 60 feet of water while there are guys in the shaft then they are like okay this is extremely dangerous what we need to do because we think we saw treasure down there so we need to dig a second hole next to it and see if we can like somehow
1: go sideways go sideways and yeah. to get
0: this treasure and they do that again and again it fills
1: up with water okay <laughs> you know what that reminds me of what you know in ricky bobby where he thinks he's paralyzed yeah but he's not and the coach he is like you're not paralyzed yeah and he, he stabs, stabs his leg in. and then he's like ah yeah and he's like, okay we just gotta get enough and he does it again yeah he's like, like we cut gotta around cut around the meat it. Yeah, yeah, oh my god, you're so right. Okay, so then that group gives up because they're like, this is fucking haunted. <laughs> why don't these people just put a fucking scuba mask on, get a goddamn
0: underwater flashlight? Well, this is um the 1800s, so I'm not oh. sure if that's been invented yet.
1: Oh, okay, now I see why they're like, oh, water. Yeah. Like, I don't know how
0: to swim. Exactly, and somebody dies.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So
0: they're like... So the company is like, okay, we just lost a worker. Like, we need to abandon this. Fuck this. There's probably no treasure there anyway. They're like very salty about it.
1: I'm picturing just a, you know, a giant hole that goes straight down. And so to me, when it starts filling, I'm like, why don't you just swim up to the top? But I guess not everyone knows how to swim.
0: And I also think like maybe they're carrying heavy tools or they have heavy tool belts around their waist. Yeah. Or or are they in a machine? We don't know because there's no pictures from the 1800s. Uh, So then another shaft... Was dug to 109 feet deep northwest of the original shaft, and a tunnel was again branched off in an attempt to intersect the treasure. Once again, though, seawater flooded this new shaft. Workers then assumed that the water was connected to the sea as the now flooded new pit rose and fell with each tide cycle. The Truro Company shifted its resources to excavating a nearby cove known as Smith's Cove, where they found a flood tunnel system. When efforts failed to shut off the flood system, one finally Final shaft was dug 118 feet deep with the branched off tunnel going under the original shaft. Sometime during the excavation of this new shaft, the bottom of the original shaft collapsed. It was later speculated that the treasure had fallen through the new shaft into a deep void, (laughs) causing the new shaft to flood as well. The Truro Company then ran out of funds and was dissolved sometime in 1851.
1: Okay, if the technology in eighteen fifties can't even figure out how to dig down here. Yes. Then how did they build this? If Captain Kidd buried this shaft in the late 1600s, and now these people can't figure out how to dig a shaft (laughs) almost 150 years later. Yes.
0: Why? Okay, so I'm going to get into some of the theories, but one of the theories is...
1: The water table changed?
0: Well, it's well known that pirates, when they buried their treasure, would booby trap Oh. the area that they had buried they, it.
1: how would they know how to do something that sophisticated are they like th- this is j- this, this is but this is all they do
0: natalia they just pillage towns collect the treasure no. bury the treasure and booby trap that's literally all they that pirates do during this era now, why do they do that? Why do they not just take their treasure? We've talked about this so many times. The Jameson family where we talked about like, why the fuck would you bury your treasure? And then like, yeah. you know, but in that story, someone was sick and they like thought that they would get robbed if they brought yeah, why, their treasure back. Why did back. Captain Kidd do this? So the main theory that I read is that Captain Kidd is like super misunderstood and, and he had gotten this treasure and he knew it would look bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was actually wrongly executed. And so when he was being like, called back to scotland to stand trial he was like i need to get rid of this treasure and like bury it and like stand trial explain myself and then i can go back and get the treasure but instead of being able to go back he was executed for piracy Mm -hmm. So this is all word of mouth stuff still. This is all stuff that happened, but it's all oral history. Right. So the details are kind of murky. Now, the first published account took place in 1857 when the Liverpool transcript mentioned a group digging for Captain Kidd's treasure on Oak Island. This would be followed by a more complete account by a justice of the peace in Chester, Nova Scotia in 1861, which was also published in the transcript. However, the first published account of what had taken place on the island did not appear until October 16. 1862 when Anthony Vaughn's memories were recorded by the transcript for posterity so this is one of the guys that we know for a fact helped McGinnis uh, remember we were talking about McGinnis found this depression and you know was he fishing when he found it or was he scouting out a place to b- build a farm we don't know right but one of the guys that helped him was um, this guy Anthony Vaughn so McGinnis is already dead all the other people that may or may not have helped them were already, are already dead. But Anthony Vaughn is still alive. And so the transcript decides that they're going to write down his oral history, his memories of what happened during that time. So he's like an old man at this point. So that's why people say, like, is he reliable? Is he not reliable? Is he embellishing to make himself sound cooler? Who knows? Activities regarding the Onslow and Truro companies were also included that mentioned the mysterious stone and the Truro owned auger hitting wooden platforms along with the quote metal and pieces. So this is the first time we have written accounts of what the Truro company found and of what the Onslow company found when they were digging down with their like professional equipment. The accounts based on the Liverpool transcript articles also ran in the Nova Scotian, the British Colonist, and is mentioned in an 1895 book called A History of Lunenburg County. In early 2000, investigator Joe Nickel reviewed the original accounts and interviews with descendants of McGinnis and the original Oak Island landowners. While later sources state that the treasure had been discovered by three young boys, Nickel reported that the story was about three adult lot owners who discovered the depression on the island and began digging. The next major excavation attempt was carried out in 1860, by a company called the Oak Island Association. The original pit was re-excavated yet again to a depth of 88 feet, and two more shafts were dug. The first one missed its intended target of an alleged flood tunnel, while the other intersected the original shaft via a branched-off tunnel at around 105 feet deep. Both of these shafts were filled with water when an alleged flood tunnel was again breached. At one point of the platforms placed in the original shafts at 98 feet collapsed and dropped to a lower level. The effect caused the two platforms to drop as well, with the treasure now resting some 119 feet below ground. Is the treasure there or not? They're saying everyone that's digging during the 1800s says that they can see something. They can see something down below this last platform, but every time they dig down, they keep hitting these like booby traps or flood tunnels, whatever you want to call them, and then the treasure drops down another level. So people think that the treasure is now resting, at this point, the people think that the treasure is now resting some 119 feet below ground, along with an estimated 10,000 feet of lumber. The first of six accidental deaths during excavation occurred during the fall of 1861 when a pump engine boiler burst the explosion was first mentioned in an 1863 novel titled rambles among the blue noses while mention of a death came five years later another shaft was dug in the spring of 1862 one which was 107 feet deep this new shaft was parallel to and connected with the original shaft as it was used to pump water out of the original shaft to a depth of 103 feet although the pumps could not keep up with the flood water tools that had been used by the onslow and truro companies were recovered so it's like even though these original primitive companies don't have anything documented until like oral history starts getting documented, we know that they were there because and we know we they made it down to that depth because now these other companies are finding these tools that they used like way down in
1: like these flood tunnels okay okay so they're finding like historical yes so they're finding
0: like historical artifacts right um and so we know that this is more than a legend in so much as that we know that people were down there right so they must have seen something to want to go down there okay
1: okay i'm so into this right now okay good where's the gold
0: gold Give me the Golg. Okay, the Oak Island Association also did some work at Smith's Cove by drilling a few shafts in an attempt to shut off and seal the alleged flood tunnels. All of these attempts were failures in the end due to the tide, which eventually broke through barriers that were put in place. One final attempt was made in 1864 to intersect the treasure pit, resulting in an alleged flood tunnels again being breached. By this time, salt water was undermining the walls of the original shaft, which some workers refused to enter. The original shaft was inspected by mining engineers who declared it unsafe, and the company abandoned their efforts yet again when their money ran out. So now we're on like company number five that's trying to get down there and they can't get down there. We've already had two people die so far. In 1866, a group known as the Oak Island El Dorado Company, or more commonly the Halifax Company, was formed specifically to find the treasure. By this time, there were many shafts, many boreholes, and many tunnels under Oak Island made by previous treasure hunters. When a plan to shut off the alleged flood tunnels from Smith's Cove didn't work, the company decided to shift focus to the original main shaft. Exploratory holes that were drilled turned up bits of wood, more coconut fiber, soft clay, and blue mud. Having found nothing of interest, the group gave up the search in 1867. In 1896, an unknown, unnamed group arrived on the island with steam pumps and boring equipment. Although the pumps were unable to keep water out of the flooded shaft, boring samples were taken. It was claimed that one of the samples brought a tiny piece of sheepskin parchment to the surface. The parchment had two letters, V-I or W-J, written in India ink. The second accident... So this is like an artifact now that they bore down with this boring instrument so like people can't go down it's just like a tiny borehole this is the deepest it's ever gone before when it comes back up there's a piece of parchment stuck to it
1: and it has India ink on it. India
0: ink. Which is pirate ink? So it could be pirates. It could be authors. But it shows that like something that is is man-made was
1: buried there. And it's
0: important, right? Because who the fuck goes down that deep just to put like a piece of parchment? But they're like irritated because it's only it's like a little piece comes up and it's either a VI or a WJ. They're not sure. They don't even know what the parchment says. The third accidental death occurred on March 26, 1897, when a worker named Maynard Kaiser fell to his death. In 1898, red paint was poured into the flooded pit by the group, reportedly revealing three exit holes around the island. Okay, so 1897, this worker dies. Yeah. They give up for a while because this is bad. This is now the third accidental death while they're trying to get this treasure. Then in 1898, they come back, they reconvene and they're like, okay, we got to figure out where this fucking water's coming from because all the flood tunnels that we're trying to like close off don't seem to be doing anything. We close off a flood tunnel and there's still water getting in somehow. So they pour red paint down into the pit. And it reveals that there are three exit holes around the island because the paint comes out on three different sides of the island. Okay. Okay. Oh,
1: my gosh. What did these original pirates do? I don't
0: know. Yeah, they're, like, very advanced, right? Very advanced. This is aliens. Or was this alien? Was this aliens? I
1: mean, what? I don't understand how pirates could do this.
0: Maybe they had help from an alien? I don't know. I'm not saying it wasn't aliens is all I'm saying. Captain Henry L. Baudoin arrived on Oak Island in August 1909, representing the Old Gold Salvage Group. I, I, want, I want like a jacket
1: that says Old Gold Salvage Group. Isn't that the coolest That's name cute. ever?
0: One of whose members was Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
1: Franklin Roosevelt was a treasure hunter? Yes. Know
0: Little known historic fact. This is... Fact, respectable, respectable. He's now my favorite president. I hope he didn't do anything problematic. Uh, I don't know my history.
1: He definitely did. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty everybody does. Yeah, so it's just a matter of how problematic. Like, did he think women weren't human? I don't right. know. Okay. By this time, the area now known as the treasure pit or the money pit was cleared out to 113 feet deep, and now is when they send divers down. Oh no. my God! What year is this? This is 1909. Now we have scary ass diving suits do you want to see what the diving suits looked like in 1909 it's
1: like that movie with cuba gooden jr that would be so sketchy to be like in this 1900s technology to dive in now you have air tanks on your back back then it was like a hose connecting you to the surface right right and so if your suit leaked look at what this looks like i knew it yeah, I knew. These are like the old ones. It's so scary looking. You look like an alien. I just don't understand how it works either. It's like you're in it's a paper so bag sketchy. with a metal <laughs> helmet and, you know. Basically. Super sketch, right? Yeah. We're going to put this
0: on the Instagram so you guys can see how terrifying these original scuba suits are. So Franklin D. Roosevelt is now on his treasure hunting vibe. He's vibing. He's vibing. He's going into the money pit and he is sending divers down into this money
1: pit. 1900s divers. Yeah,
0: in their scary ass suits. Although multiple borings were taken in and around the pit, none of the cores revealed anything of interest this time. Bowdoin also examined Smith's Cove where drain tunnels and a ring bolt in a rock hand reportedly had been seen. A what? A, ro- me, a rock hand? You know what? let me tell you. Hold
1: on. A ring bolt. Oh, maybe that's like a nut, a nut. some sort. A rock hand. I think I I just don't You were just say gonna skim thing. over that? They found a ring bolt and a
0: rock hand and you weren't <laughs> you didn't think I was gonna ask They find what they think is a hand that's been like chiseled out of rock oh. holding one of these, a ring bolt. So like just more evidence of man made shit.
1: Right, I yeah, know, but
0: what is down But why? There? But why would a sculptor? So they think they found part of a sculpture, essentially. So that
1: could be part of the treasure. It could be. It. This treasure is well super be.
0: messed up now, though. Yeah, like, it's, it's all just going to be flooded. Like, There's right. a piece of parchment missing that, like, probably holds some very important
1: information that's not recoverable. When I, when I think of treasure, I think of gold coins, but not all treasure is gold coins. It could be priceless works of art. Yeah, it could two, be. It's just
0: two million pounds worth of treasure. Yeah, so you're right. It could be priceless works of art. It could be sculptures. Mm-hmm. Could be parchment. Priceless literary works. We right. don't know. Original manuscripts. Okay. Although the group found the remains of an 1850 cofferdom no evidence of anything else was found. Let me tell you what a cofferdom is.
1: Still thinking about Legina and Tester. <laughs> yeah. They probably met at a bar
0: and they were like, what's your last name? Tester? Well, mine's Legina. We got to right. do something together.
1: Tester is just kind of like whatever, but it's but when combined you put it with... with Legina? Yeah, Legina has it worse. For yeah, sure. for
0: sure. Okay, so a cofferdom is a watertight enclosure pumped dry to permit construction work below the Mm waterline, as with building bridges or repairing
1: ships. Maybe that was like the secret tunnel that you're supposed to go through to get to the treasure. Well,
0: it's from the 1850s, they estimate. So it's probably from another treasure hunting group. But did they find something of interest? And that's why they built this cofferdom to Mm -hmm. like pump out the water. But no evidence of anything else was found. Baudoin later examined the stone cipher in Halifax and found basalt rock but the symbols had been scratched off. He was doubtful that the symbols could have worn off the rock given its hardness. The group left the island in November 1909 but Roosevelt kept up with Oak Island news and developments for most of the rest of his life. So do you remember at the very beginning I was telling you that The first people ever to dig down, they ended up finding this rock that had these like weird cipher symbols on it. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Baudoin, who is partners with Franklin D. Roosevelt in this treasure hunt, he goes to examine that rock and he finds that that somebody has deliberately scratched the symbols off because he's saying this couldn't have naturally worn off because it's like a super hard stone. So if there were in fact strange symbols on it, which everybody else that saw the stone said there were strange symbols on it that didn't make any sense, then now that they're removed did somebody steal the stone and replace it with this one or did somebody deliberately scratch off the cipher
1: and why would they do that to keep anyone else from from finding, finding the, the true location of the
0: treasure or did it hold some mysterious spell we don't know and 1928, a New York newspaper published a feature story about Oak Island. William Chapel became interested and excavated the pit in 1931 by sinking a 12-by-14-foot, 163-foot shaft southwest of what he believed was the site of the 1897 shaft, which was thought, without evidence, to be near the original pit. At 127 feet, a number of artifacts, including an axe, an anchor, and a pick, were found an anchor, like from a boat, like from a pirate. (gasps) The pick was identified as a Cornish miner's pick, but by this time, the area around the pit was littered with debris from previous excavation attempts, and finding the owner was impossible. Gilbert Hedden, an operator of a steel fabricating company, saw the 1928 article and was fascinated by the engineering problems involved in recovering the reported treasure. Hedden made six trips to Oak Island and collected books and articles about the island. He went to England to consult Harold T. Wilkins' author of Captain Kidd and his skeleton island about a link he found between Oak Island and a map in Wilkins book. After Chapel's excavations, Hedden began digging in the summer of 1935 after he purchased the southeastern end of the island. Imagine being so rich that you just have a whim that you want to find treasure and you just buy the land that it's supposedly on. I wish that our podcast could buy an island. In 1939, he informed King George VI about developments on the island. Further excavations were made in 1935 and 1936, but none of them yielded any results. Robert Restle, his 18-year-old son, and his work partner, Carl Grazer, came to Oak Island in 1959 after signing a contract with one of the property owners. In 1965, they tried to seal what was thought to be a storm drain in Smith's Cove and dug a shaft down to 27 feet. On August 17th, Restle was overcome by hydrogen sulfide fumes. His son then went down into the shaft and also lost consciousness. Grazer and two others, Cyril Hiltz and Andy DeMont, then attempted to save the two men. A visitor to the site, Edward White, had himself lowered on a rope into the shaft, but he was able to only bring out DeMont. Restel and his son Grazer and Hiltz all died. (gasps) Wait, they died from sulfur? From their machines that they brought down to, like, dig deeper into the hole? Three people died just on this one excavation. We already have had four deaths, and now we have seven. Yeah, we have seven deaths in total searching for this treasure.
1: That's a disaster. This is
0: cursed. That year, Robert Dunfield leased portions of the island. Dunfield dug the pit area to a depth of 134 feet and a width of 100 feet by using a 70-ton digging crane with a clam bucket. Transportation of the crane to the island required the construction of a causeway, which still exists, is the causeway we saw, from the western end of the island to Crandall's Point on the mainland, 200 meters away. Dunfield's lease ended in August 1966. In January of 1967, Daniel C. Blankenship, David Tobias, Robert Dunfield, and Fred Nolan formed a syndicate for exploration on Oak Island. Two years later, Blankenship and Tobias formed Triton Alliance after purchasing most of the island. Several former landowners, including Mel Chapel became shareholders in Triton. Triton workers excavated a 235-foot-deep shaft known as borehole 10X and supported by a steel kaizen to bedrock in 1971. According to Blankenship and Tobias, cameras lowered down the shaft into a cave recorded possible treasure chests, human remains, wooden cribbing, and tools. However, the images were unclear and none of the claims have been independently confirmed.
1: Show me the fucking image right now. I am going to
0: fucking show you the fucking image right now. Oh,
1: my God. Okay. Treasure, Treasure and human. Like, this is like literally Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Skeletons and treasure. Yes. Basically, these pirates found a cave and then buried the treasure in it and then maybe dug themselves up out of the cave and then filled the shaft that they had built their exit way up. To get out? Yeah.
0: And they maybe like they left someone down there. Maybe
1: one of their comrades died. You just need a really skinny person to go down that borehole. Steven,
0: get <laughs> get down that borehole. Okay. So do you want to describe for the audience what you're seeing? It's like, okay, it's, like it's re- grainy, right? It's like, really
1: grainy. It's really hard to
0: see. <sighs> but that it, looks like human remains, right? Like it looks like it a hand. Definitely looks like yeah it doesn't look like just like a weird fucking rock right right this looks like it could be human remains okay work was halted due to a lack of funds and the collapse of the partnership the company that ended up not being able to find the treasure they're like okay well we already invested so much money in this what we should do is we should start a tourism business so it's just basically like a fuck uh, just a fucking shit fest it's like a You know what
1: I mean? You know how they make a tunnel through a mountain? Yeah. If they can do that, why can't they just figure out how to get this treasure?
0: Right? (laughs) Yeah. In 2005, a portion of the island was for sale. 2010, Blankenship and the other stakeholders in Oak Island Tours announced on their website that the Nova Scotia Department of Natural Resources and Department of Tourism allows treasure hunting to continue on the island under the terms of a license. So basically, all these different companies, all these different people coming in, trying to find the treasure, can't find the treasure. The more they try to get it, the more that these terrible accidents occur you know floodgates are opening up and they can't figure out how to get down to it and they're just drilling they're just basically fucking up this island they're just drilling down right and it's just out of reach okay now that stone i was telling you about in an 1863 newspaper article the stone was said to have been built into the chimney of an old house near the pit and then when they go and tear this down they can't find the stone <sighs>
1: I don't even want to have it, I just want to know what it is. Okay,
0: then Franklin Delano Roosevelt throughout his political career monitored the island's recovery attempts and development. Okay, theories. Natural sinkholes. Wide-ranging speculation exists about how the pit was formed and what it might contain. So some people say... And why is
1: there coconut fiber? Because there's no coconuts in Nova Scotia. I know. Whoever dug the shaft originally had to make those planks to get out.
0: Yes, I agree too. It's not natural at all. None of this is natural. Okay, Templars, Masons, or Incas... Still, they're storing treasure. Yes, exactly. Not all treasure is gold, right? Right. Okay, according to an undocumented story, Marie Antoinette contracted with the French Navy to construct the Oak Island pit. So people speculate that she's the person that constructed the Oak Island pit. As France was going through revolution, remember like let them eat cake? In his 1953 book, The Oak Island Enigma, Penn Leary wrote that the pit was used to hide manuscripts. Author and researcher Mark Finnegan elaborated on Leary's Oak Island theory, Shakespeare's manuscripts, original manuscripts, are buried in this money pit because these people think that it was Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon was an English philosopher and statesman who developed scientific method and remained influential yes. throughout the scientific revolution. Right. So they think this, this theory says that if you discover the cipher and decode some of Shakespeare's original work. What would, ugh, I don't know. That's just a theory. Look, right. it's just a theory. Peter Amundsen and Daniel Runestam claim to have found codes hidden in Shakespeare.
1: This is, like, this is like Da Vinci Code. But He invented the scientific method, but he was also Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the
0: Freemasons. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Many Masonic markings were found on Oak Island, involving a hidden vault with a
1: sacred treasure.
0: Okay, last last other theories. The pit could have been dug by exiled knights Templar.
1: That is literally Indiana Jones.
0: Yes. They find what they think is human remains. Mm-hmm. Um they find they can see what they think is treasure, but they're never able to actually get so to it.
1: This whole thing started from There was like some sort of oral tradition or a legend. A legend of
0: Captain Kidd. A
1: Captain Kidd burying his treasure here. Yes.
0: A dying sailor Uh on his deathbed said to his nurse, I am part of Captain Kidd's crew. Captain Kidd is in jail. I am dying of, I'm just going to add scurvy because that's probably what it was or tuberculosis or something. And before I die, I need you to know where he buried his famous treasure
1: and it's on Oak Island. Okay. And then this other guy goes there and he sees like a little indention in the ground or something weird. And he's like, hmm, this is strange. Starts digging down, finds like evidence of man-made. Oak platforms. Oak platforms. Mm-hmm. Plus like a, like coconut yeah. shavings where there's no coconuts around there. So exactly. It's, it's not there. tropical. Yeah. Yeah. They, get, they start digging down, digging down, and then they just give up because they're like, actually, we think something really bad is going to happen yes, if we dig down.
0: exactly. They start being overcome. And that's something that all of the, not all of the treasure hunters, but a lot of people in the treasure hunting groups have said when they go there is that there's something weird about it. Something about this island does not feel right. This feels like it's cursed. And the fact that people have died in search of this treasure is indicative of that curse. And there are photos that I'll also show you that people have actually like gone out there and done paranormal investigations and they've taken photos around this money pit. And there are just like a ton of orbs like Mm. floating around this money pit. So, you know, again... are these just like lights being caught weird? Is this like the reflection of a bug? We've talked about orbs on this yeah. podcast before. A lot of people think that they are ghosts and some people say no. It's just like a trick of like Right. But the interesting part is that these paranormal investigators that have gone to this island um, say that the orbs are only around the money pit. Now, could those be the lost souls of people that, you know, died <laughs> in search of treasure? Or is it pirate ghosts protecting the treasure? Some people think Captain Kidd resides there, his ghost, protecting the treasure. I, God, I just want to just fucking dig down and get it. It's so frustrating. And now um, the Discovery Channel, I believe it's the Discovery Channel or Nat Geo or something. I don't know. They they have a show. They have a show now called The Curse of Oak Island. I have not watched it yet, but apparently they're in search of the treasure currently. And they're documenting um, all of the companies that are going there and still searching for the treasure
1: yeah i mean i i wish i we just at least knew what we were looking for you know yeah that would make it easier i agree what did they what did we do what how do we know. get it
0: i don't know i want the treasure though
1: you know what i don't even want it i just want to see it i'm yes. like the harry potter when he looks in the mirror yeah and they're like he you it's okay you, you keep can bringing have that stuff. up
0: yeah i just want to look in a mirror and have myself tell me hey
1: captain kid's treasures in your pocket
0: (laughs) but you know what would be even cooler i think out of all of those theories i think what's your favorite uh shakespeare's manuscripts yeah because i think it's pretty cool that they bore down deeper than anyone had ever gone and the core sample that they took when they brought it back up was like a piece of parchment with india ink with letters like, that's kind of cool.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, because no, that, really that cool. shows
0: that something is
1: down there that's There's man-made. something down there. Yeah. I mean, I guess the real mystery is why, what the hell were these humans doing from at least the 1600s? Because that's where they've dated some of this back. Well, how did this, like, human stuff end up there and why, right? Right, right, To exactly. me, that's why. Like, yeah. because... If it's treasure, then we need to find it. If it wasn't treasure, what were they doing? Right. That's what I want to know. Well, and that's kind of interesting
0: about like the Freemason theory about like, oh, this was just something that freemasons did they like as a rite of passage they had to do this ceremony and part of it included digging these this pit or whatever like you know sometimes these like secret societies have these like batshit crazy traditions that they do just to get in it's kind of like rushing a frat or a sorority where you have to do some fucked up shit to get in imagine if to get into a sorority you had to go to an island dig a 150 foot pit And hide ancient manuscripts. Wow. That would be
1: the most fun sorority ever. Yes.
0: That's the Freemasons. We need to try to get in there. I know we do. I
1: guess my favorite theory is this one about Francis Bacon. This is really interesting. I'm going to have to like look into this more too. I know. So all of that stuff about the birds in the beginning was you just like wanting to show me birds? I just thought the birds were pretty. You really had me, Alyssa. (laughs) You had me like really thinking about these birds and really thinking about this this plateau look
0: are these birds the souls of dead sailors of captain <laughs> Kidd's crew i don't know did aliens dig this pit
1: i don't know is anyone currently looking for this yes has there ever been cases of people that have like searched for treasure for a long time finding it and they're just like we found it i don't know
0: probably not Or you know what if they did find it i wouldn't announce it would you announce it i would be like fuck no i'm keeping this treasure for myself
1: right so is yeah. that what happened
0: Maybe somebody already found it.
1: Like, what if they didn't want to report any of it? Well, it's it's like
0: that weird guy that lived on the island that supposedly found the stone and turned it into part of his chimney. Right. Like, why?
1: I wonder if some of these earlier companies found stuff, but they just didn't want to report it.
0: It could be. Well, Natalia, final thoughts on the Oak Island money pit.
1: The curse of the Oak Island treasure trove. I mean, it's a good name to call it a money pit because mm-hmm. a money pit could be like a pit full of money oh, or it could be yeah. something that you just waste money on.
0: You're right. All these companies went bankrupt trying to find the treasure. That's so that's very observant of you, Natalia. That, that is ironic. <laughs> the money pit is a money pit for all of these companies that went bankrupt.
1: At this point, too, if we look at the little pieces of treasure that they found, it's not really anything that's worth anything. Yeah right Correct. like little shards of- i mean
0: i guess it depends on what your definition of treasure is like i guess there's some people that might think it's interesting to find coins from the 1600s
1: you know i really enjoyed this story Alyssa. thank you natalia really had me thinking about those birds though i i was like I gotta throw you a curveball i was like razor razor beak no, no no that wasn't the name yeah what was his name <laughs> razor bill yeah i gotta remember <laughs> i really do think this story is interesting i i'm glad i wanted. i picked it for you because you love treasure I do love and gold treasure. Thank you so much for picking that for me. Anytime. I really liked this story. Good. Thank you. It's gonna have to sit with me a while. I know. We're gonna have,
0: I feel like I'm gonna wake up at three in the morning just like, but why would the Freemasons out. Yeah, exactly. I
1: always do that. I always text you like five hours later and I'm like, I figured it out. Yeah. We could go on forever
0: about every story. Well, guys, let us know what you think about this story in the SoundCloud comments or tweet at us or email us. Have you been to Oak Island? Our Canadian listeners. I wanna know. Do you wanna
1: do our sign off, Natalia? Uh sure. BRB, got to go steal ancient artifacts and bury them in 160 feet underground.
0: That seems smart. (laughs) I think you should do that. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.